Our God is great. I believe that with all of my heart. Would you stand with me, please? I want to share with you the text of the new series that we are beginning today. This is called Name Above All Names. And I want to thank Pastor Alex for the, the beautiful graphic. He always does an amazing job just with really, I think, presenting and keeping it very clean and sharp. And uh, God just has talent and eye. And so we give God the glory. But we are thankful that it came through the vessel of Alex Blankenship. Amen. If you would uh, find a screen with me, please. And we want to read a familiar passage to some of you. And if it's not, it will be by the time we finish this. Because we're at least committed to this for nine weeks as we examine the different names of God. This is our key text. Read with me, please. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it. And is safe. Look at the screen. Let's read it out loud together one more time. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. My message text today is from Psalm 91, from the Psalm of Protection that Moses wrote. And I'm particularly gleaning from the last three verses of this great psalm. I'd like you to read it out loud with me, please, too. Beginning in verse 14. Here we go. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Everybody say, he knows my name. Verse 15, when he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Pray with me, please. Gracious God, we thank you this morning for the amazing gift of eternal life that you've given to us. The, the, the word of God says, Jesus said out of his own mouth, for this is the purpose, this is eternal life, that we know God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Thank you today that the only way we can know that and know your name is because you have revealed yourself to us. The Holy Spirit who is the one who uncovers, who, who shows, who demonstrates. We look to you today, Holy Spirit, as the only real teacher. I can't do anything apart from you. No words are powerful enough. No illustration is strong enough. I can't be convincing enough. It is the work of God and the work of God alone that changes and transforms a person's heart and life. I give you praise. Thank you that you do that today. Speak through me today. I, I, I yield myself to you and I ask you that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart might be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. I'll be careful to give you all the praise. It's in the strong name of Jesus that we pray and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. And we kick off by asking the very simple question, what's in a name? What's in a name? What's in a name? You know, a lot of folks Google uh, lists and look up meanings. They check the most popular lists for baby names. Um, I think it's interesting that when we go places, there isn't always an association. There is a, there is a Paris, Tennessee, and a Jericho, Arkansas, and... A Palestine, and uh, we, we we think about all of these different kinds of names. Many of many times that harken back to biblical locations. Um, you you think about these that you wonder where in the world or what they were thinking with Toad Suck Ferry, and uh, Oil Trough, and you wonder what the idea was behind it for some of these location names. Names are important. Names, especially in the Bible, are critical because. They, uh, they, they, they do something that is very important. Number one, name indicates identity. Say that with me. Name indicates identity. God created the heavens and the earth. He put a man down in the middle of it and he gave that man a name. 
And from his side, he took a rib and he created womb man, or man with a womb. He created, or as somebody said, whoa, man, the first time Adam saw Eve. <laughs> because the Bible literally says he built her, and she was built, I want to tell you, okay? So Adam is going, whoa, man. And she was taken from him, from his side, in the very same way that the church is taken from the side of Christ. And he, when he hangs on the cross and the centurion stabs him and out comes the two elements of our salvation, blood and water. And the church was born from that hole in the side of Jesus on the cross in the very same way that Eve, the mother of all living, was born from the side of Adam. And Adam is given the privilege of naming Eve. You know, God named Adam, but then Adam named Eve. And Adam named all the animals. He literally decided what they would be called. And it's unusual that the etymology of words and how when we study how words travel across languages and the history behind that. Uh, I'm going to go world civilizations on you for a minute, what I teach on the college level. There is a, a science called glottochronology. Glotto, very similar to glossary, like you look up a vocabulary word. Glottochronology is the study of the development of languages over time and how one language will develop and affect another. A lot of what we have has come from the actual language of the Bible. For example, uh, when Paul said, I am a wise master builder, it's the Greek word architecton, and we get the English word architect from it. Okay? When Jesus said, uh, if two of you agree, Matthew 18, as Touching anything, it shall be done of them of my Father which is in heaven. It's the Greek word sumpatheo. I'm sorry, that's, uh, it's sumpheneo. I got it crossed for a second. The, the CD jumped track up here. Sumpheneo, one sound. It's, we get our English word symphony from it. So if, if, if two of you will get in symphony together, if you will agree, get your mindset with the Word of God. I was reaching for a copy of the Bible and I think I left it over there. So you just have to pretend this is the Bible. It's certainly a hundred different translations here in this little electronic device. So when we get in agreement with what God says, we create a symphony. And so all of these words bleed over from one language to another. Many times we just adopt those words and we just put our own sound and spin on it. Like the, the, the English word mentality is actually not even an English word. It is the Greek word mentalite which is a mindset or a view, a perspective on life. These things are all critical because they have meaning and, and, and there is an element of a characteristic that is revealed. Name not only identifies or indicates identity, but name indicates nature. Second point, everybody say name indicates nature. From the beginning, God has been about the business of showing himself to his people because when he created man and woman, he called them Adam the human race, mankind. Adam means red, blood. Uh, we, Edom, the people of Edom were very, very closely related to the whole name of what Adam means. Adam is the first man. It literally means man. Okay, So man made in the image of God, the, image, the imago Dei is stamped, stamped on him. When I say him, I mean mankind. I'm talking about Adam and Eve together. It says... Uh, he, Adam, God created man and male and female made he them is the way the King James says. So it is both male and female together represent the image of God in this new race called humanity, this new species. It takes both of them together. Now, we know that God set them down in the middle of a beautiful, perfect garden and said everything is here that's here is yours. 
thousands upon thousands of kinds of fruit and nuts and meat and vegetables and herbs and spices and everything that was delectable. It's an amazing thing that God not only created this stuff to feed us with a sense of functionality to cause us to be sustained, but He gave us this amazing thing called taste buds so that we would actually enjoy the process of eating and not just do it out of a sense of function. So this is how great and how good and how wonderful God is that He also includes pleasure with this whole sensory experience of what we call being human. All kinds of things. We experience these emotions and and just being able to enjoy the creation of God. God stepped back at the end of every day of creation in Genesis 1 at the end of every day and He said, Behold, it's good. At the end of the week of creation, He says, Behold, it's very good. Everybody say, Very good. The first time God said something wasn't good was when he realized that Adam was alone and he needed to have a help meet. And he caused Eve to be birthed from his side. And Adam named her Eve, the mother of all living. So the name is something that indicates identity. It indicates nature. They chose on that spot, in that place, to disobey the one law of God. God had the tithe principle already working in the garden. That was... Eve, Adam, look, everything that's here is yours. You can taste it. You can enjoy it. You can experience it. Work the garden. Tend it. Cause it to be reproductive. Cause it to flourish. Cause it to be beautiful. Build great things. Lattice works and hanging plants and all of these gorgeous things. Create, make. You have a creative ability on the inside of you because you have my nature. He said everything here is yours except one thing in the middle. That tree right there called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we have a talking snake. Why didn't Adam take the hoe and cut the head off that thing? (laughs) Whisperer. Hebrew word for serpent is whisperer. and Every one of us has a slithering serpent that tries to coil up into the garden of our mind and our thinking and challenge us as to what God has said. Did God really say that? Questioning identity, questioning the nature of God. If God were really good, then God's hiding this from you. He's... You know, and he starts causing doubt to come into play. And Adam and Eve give in and they disobey God's word. They become traitors. They are treasonous. They commit high treason. Not because there was a magical juice in the fruit. They didn't have their eyes open and were all of a sudden sinful because the magic juice of a red apple dripped down their chin. There were no magical juices, period. It was a legal issue. It was a complete defiance against the commandment of God. They chose to disobey. They chose to walk in their own ability to say, no, I'm going to be the commander of my own destiny. I will be the pilot of my own ship, so to speak. I will make my own decisions outside of what you have commanded. I'm going to do whatever the heck I please. And guess what? We've been reaping the crop ever since because since then our forefather passed into us this thing called original sin. You don't have to teach a child to lie. Just let him get get himself caught between a rock and a hard place and he'll do what comes natural. Remember the very first time you taught Junior or you saw Junior caught Junior in a lie and you wanted to go, who taught you how to do that? He didn't have to be taught how to do that. He knew how to do that when he was born. You have to teach him not to do that. It's what we call original sin. From that point, Adam and Eve's eyes were opened. They knew that they were naked. And the scripture says they sowed fig leaves they hid in the bushes and they were afraid. This sounds very much like the Discovery Channel TV show, Naked and Afraid. 
That literally is a kind of what an Adam and Eve kind of an experience. Crazy, crazy that they have to in, in, in encounter all the elements in the middle of all of that without any sense of real protection. And God comes down as He does on a regular basis. He had enjoyed an intimate friendship with these two that He'd created with Adam and Eve. The Bible says daily He would come down and walk in the cool of the day. The word cool is the Greek word, I'm sorry, the Hebrew word ruach. In the, in the Greek New Old Testament, the Septuagint, it would be the word pneuma for the spirit. It, he, God came down and walked in the cool, in the spirit of the day, in the wind of the day. It was a, a, nothing like this gorgeous weather and sitting on my patio with my wife and enjoying time together and there's a breeze blowing through. It's in the cool of the day. It's a wonderful time to just talk and, and, and share our souls together and our ideas and and discuss things. By the way, let me tell you, 29 years ago today, we started this thing legally in the eyes of God and man. And today's my 29th wedding anniversary. That amazing woman still loves me. And that is a sure sign that there is a God and there is grace. I'm totally serious. And I'm thankful for her. I love her with all my heart dearly. And I'm thankful that we, we have that. And we have Jesus at the center of this thing. Our, our forebears, our parents interrupted all of that. The intimate relationship that they had with the Father all of a sudden is tension. There is this, there is this static in the line. It's, it's like two-way radios and you've got this thing called squelch and it's... It's like you can't hear anything because what was once clear now is clouded and it's obstructed. There are hindrances to hearing. There are hindrances to experiencing the oneness, the unity. The, the invitation to be one with God is the idea of communion, what we shared this morning. It was a recalling, a bringing into remembrance what Christ has already done once and for all for us. And it's our renewal of that as we remember His death. We are being invited, communion. We receive the Lord's table. It's communion. It's come be one with me. God is still saying out of out of no need whatsoever because He is the self-existent God. He is the all-sufficient one. Does not need anybody, does not need anyone, but He wants to know you. He wants to be known by you. He wants to experience intimacy in sharing His heart with you and your heart and the life that you live and the blessing of God and the favor of the Lord that is on you. That was lost in the garden. And since that point, he has progressively, day in, day out, generation one right after the other, been revealing himself to people who had hearts that were hungry for him. What's in a name? A name is important because it is all about what you're going to be calling someone when you, when you give birth to this little blob of life that's delivered and crying. Uh, it's not about just getting the most popular thing, but it, many times it's a prophetic indication of what's going on. Jacob is named by his father, Isaac. Isaac and Rebekah have two sons, Jacob and Esau. And you'll remember Jacob is, his name means supplanter, trickster, schemer, con man, used car salesman. It's the idea of someone who is just trying to make a buck and work it out of somebody else to someone else his own advantage and take advantage of others. And Jacob lived up to his name. He was, a, he was a guy who had conned his father-in-law. And whole story, I don't even have time to open up and begin to run down that rabbit trail today. But in Genesis 32, 
as he was going to be restored in fellowship to his brother Esau, he wrestled all night in a place called Bethel. Beth meaning house of, and El is one of the names of God, which means mighty or strong. And Jacob gave the name to God in that place. God revealed himself as El Bethel, God of the house of God. Jacob, literally in that place, he wrestles with what the Bible says, the angel of the Lord, and it's a capital A and a capital L. This is not your ordinary, everyday, run-of-the-mill angel, but this is the angel of the Lord. This is the Lord's angel. This is the messenger of the Father. 99 out of 100 theologians would tell you that's a Christophany. That's an Old Testament appearing of Christ. So Jesus shows up as the angel of the Lord and he wrestles. He gets into a UFC throwdown. I mean, he's got Jacob in a rear naked chokehold and they're wrestling around in the dust and the angel of the Lord says, it's about to be daybreak, I must depart. And Jacob got a hold on the angel of God, on Jesus, if you will, a Christophany, an Old Testament appearing of Christ in the, in the Old Scripture. And he says, I will not let you go until you bless me. They're still wrestling and they've got each other in a grip. And the angel says, what's your name? And for the very first time, Jacob had a revelation. When he said the name Jacob, he got a self-revelation of who he was his whole life. A con man, a trickster, a schemer, a used car salesman. And in that moment, it was as if Jacob had repented and he had been regenerated and the old man had died and he's resurrected to newness of life because Jesus, the angel of the Lord, said to him, from this time on you will no longer be called Jacob, but your name will now be Israel, which means prince or prevailer with God. You have, you have wrestled with God and you are changed. And the angel of the Lord smote him in the hip socket, literally in the inner thigh. And it was, Jacob walked a different way. He didn't walk the same way he used to walk. He had to lean on a staff and it was a little bit dependent because let me tell you something, when you really do meet Jesus Christ, you won't get up walking the same way that you walked into that encounter. It will change your life. And God changed his name. So he's no longer Jacob, but he's now Israel. Fast forward to the New Testament and Jesus has a disciple that we know is Simon. He's a fisherman. He is, he is every, he's every redneck's favorite disciple because he just, he's just rough and he's tough and he's, he's a fisherman and he's salty and he's, he's just gruff. He just says what he thinks and he just gets it all in gear before his mind is even in gear whatsoever. He's impetuous. <coughs> I love Peter. Thank God Peter is in there because if Peter weren't in there, I would wonder if I'd have a chance. They're sitting around the campfire one day and Jesus asks a very pointed question. He says, whom do men say that I am? What is my name? What, are they, what is my identity? Do they understand my nature? Name indicates identity. Name indicates nature. And they both all throw out, some, all the disciples throw out some names. One says, they, some say Jeremiah. Some say Elijah. Some say Isaiah. Others say John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. And he says, okay, that's fine. That's the poll. We've, we've polled the people and this is what everybody's saying. Who do you say that I am? Peter says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus looks at Peter. He says, Flesh and blood have not revealed. Everybody say revealed. 
Flesh and blood have not revealed that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And he says, from this time on you will no longer be Simon, but you will be called Peter. And there are two Greek words. One is Petros, one is Petra. One means little stone or pebble. The other one means great rock. And he basically looks at Peter and he says, you're a little pebble, but on this great big rock of revelation, the thing that God's been doing and working in your heart and life, he says, upon this rock of revelation, everybody say rock. Say R-O-C-K. It's like an acrostic. Say this after me. The revelation of Christ's kingdom. So the rock that God builds His church on is not the little pebble of Peter who used to be called Simon, but it's on the rock of revelation, the fact that God can send His Holy Spirit and open your eyes and quicken you out of your deadness and make you come alive. And in that moment, God reveals Himself to you and the kingdom is advanced and the church grows. Look at this. Simon means reed and it's that plant that sort of is in the the marshy, swampy area along the edge of rivers and it just sort of blows in whatever direction that the wind is going. And God is basically saying, Peter, the nature that's been in you has been one that's been basically motivated by the opinions of men. You just sort of lean in whatever direction the wind blows you. But I'm telling you, no longer will you be reedy, but you're going to become rocky. Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Rocky. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, God's called you. Not to be a reed, but to be a rock. So a name is important. A name signifies something. Every time you call somebody's name, you're calling what that thing means. When I named my son, I I prayed and I was trying to find a, a name and I had names that I suggested and I had family members that said, no, I don't like that. We won't call him that. Long story. I wanted to name him Josiah, which was the boy king. And my mother-in-law said, I'm not going to happen. I'll call him Joe. And I'm I'm not going to call him Josiah. I said, okay, fine, whatever. We'll just, let's pray. Let's get a word from the Lord. And so the Lord gave me Michael Andrew. We happen to have the same initials, M-A-S, Michael. I'm Michael Anthony. He's Michael Andrew. Michael means, it's the question, who, who is like God? Who? It's not saying that I'm like God. It's saying that the nature that God has spoken over my life is a question of saying it's one of search. Who is like God? And his middle name, Andrew, means manly or trustworthy, a man who can be trusted. So every time we shorten it to Drew, we just say, hey, come on, trusty. And so that's his name. Abigail, the name that we chose. We didn't didn't get on a website and pick the ten most popular girls' names. And, And let me just say that if you did that, that's fine. That's... That it still has a meaning. It's good that you understand what the meaning is because there's some spiritual significance to that. Isaiah had a son. He named him Mayor Shalal Hashbaz. I think I'd have to call him MJ for short. I don't know. I, I... <laughs> Poor boy because his name meant the judgment of God is coming in a hurry. Can you imagine every time uh, Isaiah is trying to get a hold of Mayor Shalal Hashbaz? <laughs> judgment of God is coming in a hurry. Get in here. My wife had picked the name Abigail. And Drew was four or five years old. We wanted to have some more children and just we, we weren't getting in a state of expectation. Didn't know if we were going to have any more and we're praying. And I was visited here at the church by a great, great friend of mine who since then passed through the veil into the other side, the glory. He was a prophetic brother. His name is Stacy Wood and he visited. And we had just really gotten this church started. We had a little handful of people and we're standing in what was called Kingdom Kids at the time. We call it Victory Kids now. And he and his wife, Sherry, were there and me. There's the three of us. And we join hands and we start praying. 
and Stacy starts to prophesy. The Lord is speaking through him, and he talks about the generations of children that would be touched, and leaders, and destinies be understood and found. And all of a sudden, he switches from the general of praying over children that will come through this ministry. And he looks at me, and he squeezes my hand, and he says, Pastor, I see something for you in the heart of the Lord in your life that you've been praying. And he said, I see a little girl in your life. And he said, she is going to be a singer in the house of the Lord. She's going to be a worshiper. God's created her for that purpose. And he said, she's going to be a great source of joy. And guys, you can Google the name Abigail. It means source of joy. And I knew that. And he prophesied that. And I, I just about, I mean, I got Pentecostal right there on the spot because I knew God was talking to me through my brother. And in a few months, we got in a state of expectation. And then Abby was born. And I remember holding her for the very first time. And I said, Abba, which means father, Abba, Abigail. And I started to sing to her and her eyes got real big. She since then said, it's probably because my breath was bad. (laughs) (laughs) And I started to sing over her. In the very same way that I, as a parent, this is not about Mike Smith or my children. They're just kids like everybody else's. They have attitudes and have gotten in trouble and they give me great joy. But I pray over them and I prophesy over Drew. I pray the favor and the blessing of God on him and I call, I call his name, man who can be trusted. I call her name, source of joy, not just to me but to the Father. So when you speak over your children, speak life. Don't tell them they're stupid and they'll never amount to anything because you're prophesying. Come on, somebody. I, I, I couldn't imagine... I, I, I couldn't imagine, Abigail in the Bible was married at one time to a man whose name was Nabal, and his name means fool. Could you imagine naming your son fool? Come in here, fool. Fool, where are you? And literally, he did the king wrong, and Abigail said to the king, he is as he is named. And the Bible says because he had rejected David, huge story, I don't have time to go into it. Literally, he laid down in his bed and his heart hardened and he died. And then David called to Abigail and she became one of his most beloved wives in the Old Testament. That's where Don got the name Abigail because she loved that story. Source of joy. So what's in a name? Name indicates nature. Name indicates identity. Second point this morning as we move in, I want you to see this, is that God is all about this business. I want to grab this real quick. This is an illustration with my first. Look at this. Say what you see up here. Say the word. Signature. Signature. What is your signature? Your signature is your personal expression of your name. There are two words there. What's the first word you see? Sign. And then the next one. So your signature is supposed to be a sign of your nature that when you sign on that Citibank credit card purchase that you will pay your bill on time at the end of the month or you go and you take out a mortgage on a house. Your signature that you have to give about 89,423 times when you buy a house, you give your signature over and over and over and over and then you sign some initials and you signature over and it's just like your hand is broken at the end of it. It's your signature. It's your signing your nature. You're saying that your word is as good as your name, that you will pay what you've committed to pay, that you'll pay your rent on time or you'll pay your mortgage on time or you'll pay the credit card on time. And guess what? Because name indicates identity and name also indicates nature. If you don't, they have a way to track that. 
And your nature, your characteristic of being a slow pay will get attached to your identity. I wish I had time to preach a little bit of identity theft this morning, but that's another story. But name indicates identity, name indicates nature. So the title of the message this morning is The Signature of God. He is showing us His dramatic penmanship in creation. And He writes Himself all over Stamped all over the creation. Look with me, if you would, please, to point number two. Because God is self-revealing, we can know Him. Say that out loud with me. Because God is self-revealing, we can know Him. The Bible says in Psalm 19, The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows His handiwork. And it goes on to talk about literally the voice of of the stars that in every speech and every language there is no place on the planet where their voice is not heard. We're talking about the gospel that's literally in the stars, in the constellations out there that give us one snapshot of the picture of the glory of God. His greatness, His majesty. Romans chapter 1 says, For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Verse 19 says... Verse 20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. So God speaks to us in general revelation. Everybody say revelation. Greek word apocalypsis. We get the English word apocalypse from it. One book of the Bible is called Revelation, not with an S on it. Please, let's, let's, let's be correct. I just love the book of Revelations. No, it's Revelation singular. And it's the title of it fully is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not the revelation of the end times. It's not the revelation of the Antichrist. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Don't shout me down. That's what the Bible says. And it's singular. It's one revelation of Jesus Christ. So when we understand that God is self-revealing, He reveals Himself to us through creation, through through, through the beauty of nature, through the, through the varied species, through the incredible complexity of all of this stuff that has to have been put together by this amazing designer. And it's amazing that this one place in the middle of a brutal, literally non-inhabitable solar system, this one place on this planet happens to be uniquely designed to house the species which God put here. Jerome Alford is an is a engineer and he tells me that if the planet were one half a degree either direction off of his axis that we would either burn up or we would freeze to death. So God has intricately and minutely fine-tuned the planet for you to be alive, set it up with everything here on this place that would be a blessing to you. Come on, somebody. Every day he stepped back and said, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. And at the end of the week he said, it's very good. The first time he said, it's not good, was when he said, man is alone. He shouldn't be alone. And from the side of Adam he made Eve, and Adam named Eve. And we've talked about those principles of d- definition of identity and of nature. God himself has been about the business of revealing to all of his creation, which is basically at tension with him. We are naked and afraid before God. We are fearful, we are paranoid, we are intimidated. And God says, I want to show you a little by little and layer upon layer and line upon line how much I love you and how crazy I am about you. So he sends not just 
a general revelation of creation, but he sends a specific revelation to us, and that is the Word of God. And that's Jesus Christ who becomes the Word made flesh. Isaiah 8.20 says, To those prophets who peep and mutter, if they speak not according to this word or this law, it's because there's no light in them. John 1 says, The Word was made flesh. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 14 says, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The message says He moved into the neighborhood. Look at your neighbor right now and say, Welcome to the hood. I love this. Hebrews 1, listen. Long ago at many times in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, capital S, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So the general revelation gives way to a specific revelation and God comes down Himself. Christianity is unique from all the other religions of the world that will ask you to die for its God or for its leader. Christianity is different in that it's the only one who the God Himself came down and died for all of His followers. And He said, follow me. He died first. All the others give you a ladder with advice and ten steps to nirvana or emptying yourself of, of this desire and acquiring this nothingness or finding this peace. But Jesus himself comes down as the Prince of Peace and says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And he descends the ladder of heaven and he says, come with me. It's me you're looking for. I am that. I am the fulfillment of that. I am all of that. What you need, I am. What you seek, I am. What you want, I am. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children, that we may do all the words of this law. One of my favorite scriptures I memorized as a youngster was in Psalm 25, 14, and it says, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. If we can get in right relationship with God, He will show you some things. He will whisper a secret in your ear. Not just about how much He loves you. It begins with that. But He has some things that are intimate, that are between you and Him. They're, the great things that are to the church are general promises to all of us. But there's a uniqueness and an intimacy in the relationship that God wants to have with every one of you individually in this room. Can you believe that's possible? Come on, somebody say amen. God is self-revealing. Listen to this passage from Isaiah. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob. Remember trickster, schemer, supplanter, con man, used car salesman. He who formed you, Israel. It's, there's, there's a message there. It's so amazing. God creates us and then he forms us in his image. Jacob is the old nature. Israel is the new nature in Christ. The fresh start, being made alive, being born again, made in the image of Christ. He says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. Everybody say redeemed. So he's bought us. He says, I have summoned you by name. I know your name, God says. You are mine. You belong to me. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. 
For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He goes on to say, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, Give them up. And to the south, Do not hold them back. Come on, somebody. I can feel the prophetic spirit of the Lord in this. He says, Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name. Everybody say, My name. Whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Oh, the day that I discovered that this was not about me, but I had been invited in to be a part of something that was so much bigger than I am. It's for Him. He says, Lead out those who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. All the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Which of their gods foretold this and proclaimed to us the former things? Let them bring in their witnesses to prove they were right so that others might hear and say it is true. Verse 10, God says, You are my witnesses, declared the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen so that you may know. Everybody say, may know and believe. Say, know and believe. He says, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. Listen, Christians should be tolerant of other faiths, but never back down from the recognition that there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. That means we don't act like infidels toward others. We love them with the love of Christ. Come on, somebody. Apart from me, there is no other Savior. I have revealed. Everybody say revealed. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed. I am not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am He. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? I don't know about you, but this God that you're hearing about here, this is the capital G God above all gods. This is the God who is in charge. This is the God who is in control. This is the God that is on the throne. Somebody say amen. Amen. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Number three and we're finished. I want to show you just a few of God's selfies. How many of you know God takes selfies? When we look through these names series... For the next several weeks, we're going to see a unique name as God appears into the life of a man or a woman's brokenness and their need. And He will reveal to him or her, I am the Lord who? Is there righteousness? Is there peace? Is there shalom? Is there, uh, is there sanctification? I am the Lord who provides, the Lord who sees and provides. On and on and on and on and on. Basically what God does is He comes and He puts His arm around Abraham and He lifts up His cosmic iPhone and He says, Come on, Abraham, say cheese, because this is where the Lord sees and provides. I am your Jehovah Jireh. Snap. And it's a selfie that Abraham gets to get included where God reveals Himself. I love that. You're getting a chance to look at God's Instagram account and we've got some pictures in the Bible that are prophetic symbols and this is the beautiful passage that Moses the prophet of God wrote and we have two verses and I'm going to be finished in Psalm 91 verses 1 and 2 the Bible says he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty I will say of the Lord he is my refuge 
and my strength. He is my God in whom I trust. And right there you have four of the specific names of God. You had it up for me there just a second ago. Give me those names of God, please. Here we go. Everybody say, Most High. Anytime you see the word El, it is the word which means mighty God. Isaiah 9, the scripture says, His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, El, right there. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those are the words that were spoken prophetically over Jesus. So when you see the word El alone, it just means Mighty God. El Elyon means the Mighty Most High God, the Supreme One. He's the one who has final authority. He has first place. Genesis 14, Abraham meets Melchizedek, a priest of El Elyon, the priest of the Most High God. After a great big huge battle of the kings, don't have time to to go down that rabbit trail. But the Most High God is capital G, God above all the gods. The Bible recognizes that there is a polytheistic view of the world. There are other gods out there, but they're false gods. They're little g gods. The God we serve and worship, is he's the, he's the big dude. He's the capital G. God's not a name. What is His name? Well, that's what this series is about revealing. God is basically His title, but it's not a name. Father is a, is a title. It's not a name. I'm the father to Drew and Abby, but my name is Michael. And so God wants to start revealing Himself to His people. And this is just a little quick, sort of a little four-snapshot collage that, that Moses puts together and he says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Supreme One, the Most High God, the One who has final authority, He will be protected under the shadow of El Shaddai. El, mighty. Shaddai literally means many breasts. I'm not being crude this morning. And maybe that sort of throws you a little bit because that's not a masculine characteristic. But let me let you in on a little secret. God is not male. He's chosen to reveal Himself to us as Father. But you've got to remember, God is not a man, the Bible says. He is neither male nor female. God is a spirit. When the image of God stamps on the creation of humanity, He put it on a man and a woman because it takes both of them together to give us the complete picture of the Imago Dei, the image of God. There is a mother side to God. It's really quiet in the room because some of you act like you've never heard this before. El Shaddai is the many-breasted one. It is, it is the suckling mother side of God that when everybody else writes you off and forgives, forgets you and says, get out of here, you're out of my life, you're gone. How many of you, when nobody else loves you, your mama won't quit loving you? Mama won't quit loving you. She will not give up on you. She will not forget about you. Mama will call you in and will love on you and forgive you and say, honey, it's going to be all right. It's a picture of the the, the mother side of God, that many breasts that literally is the place of provision and protection. This gets translated in your Bibles as the almighty, the all-sufficient one. God who doesn't need anything, doesn't need anybody. And you're not here because He needs you. You're here because He's called you because He wants you. He wants to walk with you and He wants to show His provision. He wants to bring you up and and suckle you when you are hurting and worn for a place of forgiveness and a place of restoration. And that is in the the, the covering, the shadow of His breast. Am I in the wrong church this morning? Come on, hear this. Don't don't, don't get caught up in uh, a, a, a natural construct 
of thinking that, that God is male. He has characteristics of both masculine and the feminine side. But God is both father and mother. Come on, Jesus said, as, as, a, as a mother hen stirs and flutters over her chicks, even so the father does gather his around Jerusalem. And it's the idea that God is also father, he's also mother. Come on, you, you, you've got to know what I'm talking about. Now, there's a time when Daddy will take you to the shed out back and he will, he, he, he will apply the word to the seed of learning. But how many of you know you're thankful that there's a mother's side that'll love on you and go, Daddy, now let's just, you know, just kind of temper it a little bit. How many of you know there's a holiness to God's father's side and there's a grace and mercy and a love to God's mother's side? And how many of you know... We don't give up one for the other. We have both. We experience both. We need both. Are you hearing me this morning? God is your El Shaddai. He's, he's the one who provides. He has, somebody translated it this way, the God who is more than enough. Whatever your need is, honey, He's got that and then some. He's more than enough. You need some encouragement? Come on, He is the God of encouragement. You, you need some peace? He is the Prince of Peace. Come on, whatever you need, He is more than enough. Come on, somebody say, He's more than enough. I will pick up with this next one next Sunday. We'll go to Exodus 3 where Moses will come across to the burning bush and he will say, okay, fine, you're God and the bush is on fire. It's not burning. But who are you? What is your name? If I go to Pharaoh and say to him, God has sent me, who do I tell sent me? What is, what is his name? And God spoke and said, I am that I am. And I'll get into that one next week. Finally, the last one, right there in that passage, Elohim, he says, you are my God, my creator. That's stamped all over Genesis 1 and 2 where it says, let us. It's the Trinity speaking. It's the family name of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the sweet society together. Community right there in the Godhead. One God, three persons. It's a mystery. I don't understand it. I can try to explain it. But this is, this is what Jesus cried out on the cross in Psalm 22 when He said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my, my family, Father, Holy Spirit, why have you forsaken me? He felt the separation when He took upon Himself the sins of the world and He became the sin bearer for us. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. And thank God because if I didn't have His righteousness, the very first scripture we started with wouldn't even make sense. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're saved. Well, I'm not righteous. The Bible says there are none that are righteous. Apart from Christ, I have no righteousness. My righteousness is as filthy rags. But thank God, I'm not in my own righteousness. I've been engarbed. I have a robe around me that's the robe of the righteousness of Christ. And because of that, I can run into the name of the Lord and it becomes a strong tower like Bernie sang this morning. Your name, your name lifts me up. Your name guards me. Your name protects me. You are my strong tower, fortress over me. All these amazing names that we're going to learn about is just one little snapshot of a picture of God's character and His nature and how much He loves you. All of them are just a piece of what's summed up in the name, the name that is above every name, Jesus 
Christ. Whatever, he, whatever you need, He is.